0: Let's pray together, and let's, uh, let's get started. We've got a new series tonight, which uh, I'm excited about. Hold your Bibles up with me. How many of you have Bibles? Good. I want to tell you something about using this Bible in just a minute, uh, uh, a physical Bible, not a digital Bible, in just a second. Say this with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Somebody over there messed me up. It was Hallie. Halley messed me up. Born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And right now, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, God's holy church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We do that that prayer along with about two billion other people around the world every time that we meet together. So that's one of the reasons we do it. It's a prayer that was, it was a prayer that was essentially written about 1,700 years ago. And uh, billions and billions and billions of Christians have said it regularly to to remind us that this is what we believe. This is what we're about. So we believe that with a bunch of other people. Hey, I want to encourage you to read your Bible as often as you can out of this. One of the things that we do when we read our Bible on our phone, and and trust me, I, I read my Bible on my phone sometimes. But one of the things that we do when we read our Bible on our phone is what we're training ourselves is to be distracted. If you do this all day long, like all of you do, I watch you, you scroll through, you scroll through while I'm preaching, half of you. But if if you're doing this all day long, because you, because we, what we're doing is we're training, we're training our brain to not focus on anything for more than a second, right? So we're just flipping. It's one second. Everything gets a second. This picture gets a second. This status gets a second. This tweet gets a second. This snap gets a second. And if we give everything one second, then what happens when it comes time that we want to focus on something for a few minutes? Right? What happens when we look down and we want to say, "I want to focus on something." So, I want to encourage you to try to read your Bible uh, as often as you can. Out of this, it doesn't make the it doesn't make the digital Bible wrong. It just is feeding. It it just it just makes us distracted. How many of you have ever done this? And I, I certainly have. How many of you have ever been reading the Bible and a notification popped up and then you got distracted? Have you done that before? Yeah. So so we got to do our best to to avoid that. Hey, want to start a new series tonight? Um, we're in the. I don't. You know, a lot of you. Um, grew up in this church, and we don't necessarily um, celebrate Advent uh, like a lot of your liturgical churches do. And so what Advent is, is it is part of what we call the Christian calendar. And the Christian calendar goes like this. There are seven big um, places in the Christian calendar for six months, and then we take six months off of the Christian calendar, and it's just called ordinary time. And the basic idea is the first six months, and it starts the Sunday after Thanksgiving, the first six months, um, we focus on Jesus's life, and the second six months, we focus on the rest of the Bible. And then we do it again every single year, six months with Jesus, six months on the rest of the Bible, six months with Jesus, six months with the rest of the Bible. And it's this rhythm to get to know Jesus and his life and then to see how his life impacts or has or how we read the rest of the Bible through the life of Jesus. So we're starting Advent, and what Advent is, is it's the part of Jesus' life that we focus on right before he got here. The the waiting time. Now let me give you just a little bit of background. Before Jesus got here, the nation of Israel, they were slaves. And um, they had been slaves for around 550 years. They were slaves for a very long time. And they had been promised a Savior. The Messiah would come. And so everybody in Jesus' ethnicity, everybody in Jesus' people were looking for a Messiah. When is God going to send someone who's going to save us? And so they were waiting, waiting for a Savior. Imagine being a slave for hundreds of years. As far as you can go back, all of your grandparents and those grandparents and those grandparents and those grandparents grandparents had all been slaves, but you had been promised that somebody was going to free you. Someone was going to come and give an I have a dream speech and get you freed. And so they were waiting. And so Advent is the season where we wait. It's this waiting season. And so tonight, um, I want to just talk a little bit about some of the, uh, I want to talk about one of the. One of the um, characteristics of waiting, I, um, I had the privilege of being a dad, and uh, I'm a dad to three kids. I have two daughters who are both teenagers, and uh, in case anybody's ever wondered about this, yes, teenage girls are different than elementary school girls, in case anybody was wondering, uh, if any of you were wondering that, but I have a 10-year-old son and, uh, and so I'm a dad of three, but I remember the very first time Tiffany and I, when she found out that she was pregnant, um, she, she came out with one of those little pregnancy sticks, and then she was just like, oh, one of those kind of things. Y'all know that's how it works, right? That's basically the way it works. So she came in and she goes, oh, one of those kind of things. And I was like, do another one. And so she went into the bathroom and did another one. She, and I said, one more time. And so she did like three. I think we ended up doing five because I just was nervous. Like, and every one of them said she was praying. I was like, yes, she's praying. Ah! And we were so happy. We were so excited. And I was like, let's, let's don't tell anybody. Let's just keep it to ourselves for a little bit because what if? Like, what, like what, she, this, is our, this is our moment. And she, she went like this, What? And she got on the phone right then and called every human in her cell phone. And I was like, I don't want to tell anybody. I want to keep this to myself because I, I just felt like, I don't know, I felt like if I told somebody I was going to jinx it or something, like we were playing, you know, college baseball or something, I was like, whatever, don't tell it, it's going to jinx it. And um, obviously we didn't jinx it because she turned out beautiful. But anyway, um, but, but so, so we began this season of waiting. We began the season of waiting. And throughout the whole season we had these moments We had these moments where you just, this anticipation would just fill. And so I remember, so we find out, um, and, and, um, uh, we find out that she's pregnant I'm like yes she went, woo and we do the test five times whatever and then we and then she she makes a, a doctor's appointment because for some reason it's not official until the doctor says it's official although they use the exact same dumb little pee test anyway so so we wait so she calls and she gets an appointment and it's a few weeks so now we got to wait <sighs> we just oh we're so excited and then she goes to the doctor and they say yes you're pregnant and i was like yes it's official oh yeah and so we were so happy and then we got excited because we were going to get to find out what she was having like what gender she was having. And I said, "Tiff, let's don't find out until you have the baby. That'll be so fun to anticipate that." And she went, "What?" No. So we of course went we went we found someone, we had a relationship with someone who was the president of Virginia College's wife. And so we went and got to go early. We went at like the 15-week like the mark, which back then, uh, 14, 15 years ago, was uh, earlier than you're supposed to be able to go. It was before they had those little 3D ultrasound things where they, where they go down there and they, you know, like have a video camera inside the uterus or whatever. So anyway, um, so then we had, so wherever they are, wherever those kids are. So then what happened was is, we're just kidding. Uh, all right, so anyway, so anyway, so um, anyway, so we go and they do the little, so they put this little goo all over Tiffany's stomach and they put the ultrasound and they say, all right, are you ready to find out what you're having? And I was like, no, I want to wait. And Tiffany's like, what? Yes, we're going to find out. So we just, and so we're anticipating that. And then we find out she's having a girl. We're like, woo, we're crying. And, and, and then, and then we go to the store and we just start buying pink things. Everything that's pink. If it's pink, we're buying it. We're buying pink clothes and pink paint. And the girls' rooms were pink. All, all of that. I mean, just, we, we, we. It was breast cancer awareness like a year at our at our house, and so, so we did so we do that. It was just pinked out, and then we anticipated the day where she would have. Oh, uh, then we picked out a name, so that was exciting. But there was there's this waiting period, and all of it was this this anticipation about something that we were sure was going to happen. Like what's, it was this hope that had built inside of us. We can't wait to meet this new life. And just let me tell you something. Um, if you want to have a child, all of you are going to be able to have a child in this room uh, if you want one. Now, you might have one biologically, you might adopt one, however it works, but if you want to have a child, you all have opportunity and you'll have this anticipation moment. I have friends who adopted. I've got some friends that adopted and it took them 3 years to adopt. And so that anticipation built not just for 9 months. This anticipation built for 3 years. I've got another friend who they tried to have baby, they tried to have a baby for 15 years and then they finally decided it doesn't look like Um, it doesn't look like it's in the plans for us to be able to have a baby. So then they started the adoption process, and they're still in the adoption process, and that's been three years. So 18 years of anticipating being able to have a baby. So can you imagine this this anticipation, this waiting season to anticipate? And so what this time of the year does for us as we get ready to anticipate the birth of Jesus, which is what Christmas is about, I know that we know that it's the moment that we celebrate. This is the birth of Jesus, but sometimes we think that it's more. We focus on the getting and the car and the uh, and the lights and the decorations. Sometimes we focus too much on that and forget that this is the moment that God became a human and taught us how to live. And so there's this waiting season, and part of waiting, part of waiting is hope. Is this characteristic of hope? I want to define for you hope. Tonight, If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you, um, give you some pretty good notes tonight. But, but w- the question is, is, what exactly is hope in Scripture that we're about to look at? In Scripture, hope is the expectation of something that God has promised. So hope is the expectation of something that God has promised us. Romans chapter 8, if you'll look with me on your notes or you can look in your Bible, Romans chapter 8, 24 says this. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about three things that build hope. There, there are these moments in our life that, we, that you're going to go through that are difficult, Every person in this room is going to go through a difficult season in their life. It is promised to us. Jesus told us, in this life, you will have trouble. But take courage, because I'm with you, and I have overcome. So tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk about hope. In this life, you're going to go through some trouble, but if we, but if we will stay faithful then hope will build inside of us. And when the answer comes, when the fruition comes, when when, um, when what God has promised comes, it brings out this, ex- it's like this birth of something that's exciting. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about hope tonight. So how do we build hope? When we're going through difficult times, when we're going through something, I'd like for you to think tonight um, about a time that you went through. And for a lot of you in this room, um, you might be going through something difficult now. But think about a time you've gone through something difficult. And so how do we get through those difficult times? Hope is what gets us through the difficulty. And so tonight, three things that build hope in our life. The first thing is this. First thing is seek help. Um, when I say seek help, I'm not talking about from friends. I'm talking about like for real, professional, go talk to somebody. Now, when I was growing up, and maybe with you guys too, when I was growing up, to go try to get help had this stigma to it, like something was wrong with you. Like if you have to go get help, then something's wrong with you. But I want to tell you that it is the exact opposite. To go get help is to, be, is to have a belief on the inside of you that things can get better. That's what getting help means. I want to go get help because I believe that things don't have to stay the same. So whenever you admit to yourself, things are hard, things are difficult, I want to go get some help. What you're doing is you're building this this hope, this belief, this anticipation on the inside of you that, yes, things don't have to always be this way. Things can get better. So don't believe this lie that says that when I have to go get help that I'm kind of giving up. I'm giving in that I'm broken and things are always going to be this way. When you go get help, what you're saying is I believe that things are going to get better. I believe that things can turn around. I believe that I can be okay. And so how do we build help? Or how do we build hope? We go get some help. There are are some people in this room right now um, that are your small group leaders. And I want to tell you that um, I am very, I try to be, I haven't always gotten it right. But I think I got it right this year. Um, We have some really great small group leaders. And Amber and I handpicked them, prayed about it, handpicked and I want you to know that um, I want to speak on their behalf, but I, they've made themselves available to you when you're going through some tough things, that, that if, you'll, if you'll talk to them, if you'll bounce some stuff off of them, and you can do it any way that you want. You can text them. You can call them. You can ask them to come over. You can, uh, you can Facebook message them. Is that a thing? Like, do we even still do that? Um, but you can, whatever you want to talk to them, you can do that. Um, I also want to tell you this. Uh, I was talking with a... With a uh, Teenager this week, and I said to her, "Hey, if you ever need to come in and talk, uh, you're more than welcome to come in. I, I'll be glad to sit down with you and talk about some of this stuff." And she said, "This? Oh, that's a thing? Like you can do that? Like that's something that you can do? You can? I, I could come in and talk with you about my about my stuff?" And I went, "Yeah, like that's part of what we do. That's part of what me and Pastor Amber do is we talk to you about your stuff." So some now look, I will tell you this: some of you. Um, you might come in and we'll say this to you. You know what? I think that you need some even more professional help than I am, so let me refer to you to somebody, and then you can go. And some of you in this room, there's a lot of you in this room. I'm not going to ask to raise hands because I get it. That's, that's like a tough one. But some of you in this room have gone and gotten help before, right? Uh, I have. In fact, I have either had a counselor or a spiritual director now for over 10 years that I see on a regular basis because i think that it just helped. when i and what that does inside of me is it builds hope that i'm going to be better that i'm going to get better the second thing is this <clears throat> first thing is we seek help the second thing is we think hopefully we change the way that we think when we experience something that is difficult and it requires significant time and effort we're quick to think this is supposed to be easy it's not worth the effort or this should be easier it's only hard and slow because I'm not good at it. But hopeful self-talk, when we talk about hope, when we talk about being hopeful, it sounds more like this. This is tough, but I can do it. When I was uh, several years ago, um, I got some really bad news about my wife and I, and I thought, um, I'm going to have to figure out how to pray about this because the more that I would pray that God would heal her, the worse she would get. And they, and they weren't connected. Don't Don't make me think, don't. Don't think that I was praying and she was getting worse, so I should have stopped. Y'all were like, "Well, then, why did you not stop praying, dummy?" No. Um, the more that I would pray, she just kept getting. And so I began to change my prayer. And instead of praying every time God changed things, I started praying this: "God, make it count. Make what make what we all as a family are going through. Make this matter. Make it count." Let it be something in our lives that change us to become more like Jesus, that make us better, that challenge us to become better people. And so, some of you in this room, we have to change the way that we think. We don't just have to. We have to think in hope. God, I want to make this count. What I'm going through. What I'm. My parents are divorcing, and so I've got to. I, this is terrible. I don't want to go through this. This is too hard. Begin to begin to make your prayer. Make this count. Some of you have some ailments or diseases or sicknesses. And so you can continue to always pray, God, heal me. But, but, But let the other part of your prayer be, but God, if you don't, make it count. Let what I'm going through matter. Let it be something that I am a testimony of your faithfulness, and I am a testimony to other people that you can go through hard things and you can still love God. Some of you have gone through some extremely difficult things. And the best prayer that we can pray, the, the, the hopeful thinking prayer is, God, make this count. Let it be something that matters in my life. Let it be something that changes me. And then the last thing is this. The first thing is seek some help. The second is think hopefully. And then finally, the last thing is build a support system. Who do you have in your life that supports you? This is where your friends come into play. Who do you have in your life that supports you? Who do you have in your life that believes in you? I've gone through over the last several years the hardest thing in my life, but I had this amazing support system. About five years ago, I uh, really about six years ago, my dad called me on the phone, and he says, "Hey, bud, you're going to need some help." And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And uh, he said, "Give me, give me a, give me some few months to get my stuff in order, and we're going to come help you." And and I and I and I, I remember just tears going down my face going this is this is not something small my parents were going to sell their house leave their jobs and come help me raise my kids which is kind of like a big deal right they had already raised kids um they'd already raised all their children so my family support system my church was unbelievable i remember this lady came up to me right after right after things started to get really hard and she said, hey, I wanna do something. And I said, oh, that's awesome, thank you. And then I just left it like that because we, we're not good at receiving help, at least I'm not good at receiving help. And so she came to me uh, again, like a few weeks later, hey, I, I wanna do something. And I was like, oh, that's, thank you. Uh, she said, what, what could I do? And I I, I, I don't know, I, I'll, I'll think about it. And she said, okay. Another week or two passed and she came to me, she said, hey, remember when I said to, that I wanted you to tell me to do something? I really wanna do something. I said, I know, I just don't even. She said, I'll tell you what. Uh, every Tuesday, put your dirty clothes in the garage. I'll come by and I'll get them, and I'll put them back on Wednesday. And that was it. And I said, uh, uh, she goes, no, 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 this isn't like a discussion. It's just a lady. By the way, she didn't even go to our church. Uh, she, her daughter went to our church. Her daughter was in the youth ministry. And she said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I said, well, I mean, I don't. she said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the dirty clothes in the hamper put it in the garage. I'll pick them up on Tuesday and I'll have them back to you on Wednesday. And she did it for two years every single Tuesday. And then she got to where every Wednesday uh, she was making something sweet because um, if you know me, you know that I have a terrible sweet tooth as do my children. My, my My kids really do think that dessert is part of every meal. They're like, hey, what are we having for our dessert tonight? No matter what meal it is, what is our dessert? And uh, and this this lady, she just fed into that. Uh, we had we had people that were that would come up, uh, people that would come and clean our house uh, every couple of weeks. We had people that cooked us dinner. There was back bef- before my parents got here, um, I had people that were cooking us dinner either three or four nights a week. Just just bringing it to our house for months. This was happening for months. It was happening, and so. Um, When you go through difficult things, what you have to do is you have to build the support system because it is inside of people that are willing to help you that build hope inside of you that, yes, life is hard, but things can be better. It's how you build hope. And so the people that are the most resilient and the people that are the most hopeful are the people that will go get some help, the people that will begin to think I want this to count. I want this to matter. This is, there's something to this. And the people that'll build the support system or they'll be open to the support system that's already available to in your life. My support system was my church. It was my family and, and, and still is, obviously. And so um, part of waiting for an answer from God is, is, um, is trying to build this hope on the inside of us. Part of waiting is um, cultivating hope. It's growing hope. It's building hope. It's encouraging hope. It's this belief that I know that things can get better. Things are hard, but things can get better. I want to pray for you tonight. Um, <coughs> if you, um, I'm going to ask my, my small group leaders who I talked about just a minute ago. If they'll come up, can I just encourage you? Your small group leaders really love you. They pray for you every single week. And um, some of the best ministry that happens in this church, some of the best ministry that happens in this church happens from these guys and girls up here. And so tonight I I just want to ask you a couple questions. And the first one is this. If you'll close your eyes. If you would say, um, Pastor Jeremy, I'm going through something tough and it seems hopeless. I don't have a lot of hope. If you raise your hand, we want to pray for you tonight. Anybody in here just going through some tough stuff. I, I feel I feel hopeless right now. I don't feel a lot of hope. Yeah. Here's what I'd like for you to do. This is a little different than normal. But if you'll do this for me, most of you in this room are sitting next to a good friend. Daniel, if you'll turn on some music. All I want you to do is I want you to look at your friend, and I want you to say when the music starts here in just a second, I just want you to say, hey, uh, if you're going through something tough right now and you want to pray about it, I'd love to go with you. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to do all three points at once. We're going to come up here and we're going to seek some help. We're going to let somebody speak to us something hopeful, and then they're going to be part of our support system. So if you'll do that for me, if you'll just... Just look at the person next to you and say, hey, if you're going through something tough right now, I'd be glad to go up there with you. And uh, why did not everybody stand? <clears throat> why don't you stand for me? And if one of you said, if one of you said, yeah, I think I do want to go up, um, let's go ahead and begin to walk this way. There's a bunch of you. So ask the person next to you, hey, do you want to go up and pray? I'll go with you. Just say that. Hey, if you want to go up and pray, I'll, I'll pray with you. Breathe, Keep asking each other, okay? I'm going to pray so, so, so that we don't start talking. Let's, uh, let's focus while I pray. And if you want to be up here and, and uh, pray with some of our team. Jesus, tonight, I believe that there are some young people that are going through some tough stuff. They're going through some difficult things. And tonight, I believe that you've put a support system around them. You've built them uh, inside a place where they can get some help, where they can begin to think hopefully. God, tonight, will you use this moment to encourage, to uplift? God, will you use this moment to um, re-energize some young people? Amen. Hey, there's still a handful of you that it would be great for you to come up and pray. So.